Frost and I'm the Head of Clinical Support at Health Assured and today I'm joined by Indigo and Indigo is our Operations Manager at Health Assured. So hi Indigo. Hello. You okay? <laughs> I am, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> um, it's fine, it's so good to be here. It's okay. <laughs> so Indigo, let's kick off and not actually kick off, let's kick things off and talk about why you're here doing this podcast today because as we know, Generally speaking, the council has joined me on the podcast, yeah. um, but I am beyond delighted and really proud of you for for putting yourself forward to come and do this podcast with me today. So tell me about why, you know, why you did that. Okay, lovely. Um, so I think that race is really important and racism is a, a topic that should never go away. We should always talk about it. We should always consider how other people feel, um, how we've potentially made them feel and just understand more about everyone's culture and society as a whole. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I'm a very small part of all the different races across the whole world. Um, and I'm hoping that we can talk about, um, you know, my my experiences and then people can relate to that and maybe just give a bit more insight into, you know, how people might feel or the experiences people might have in their day to day. Um, but like I said, that is, I am a small part of a lot of different races um, and I can only speak about my experiences. And on that, thank yes. you, Indigo. I should have done this at the beginning, but just a potential trigger warning for anyone that's listening or watching. Um, you know, I imagine we might touch on some sensitive topics. And even as we're talking, there might be things that resonate with the listeners or the viewers, and it strikes a chord with them, and that's okay. So just a heads up, you know, racism, mental health, two huge topics there we're trying to merge it all together in 30 minutes uh which is quite a huge ask and you know uh, it could spur some emotions for people so just a heads up for everyone and you know if you need to take a break at any point just just say as well um okay so i love what that you have said it already i love that you've come forward and you want to have your voice um and and share your voice um, on such an important topic. And whilst, you know, hands up, we're not going to solve the issues with racism and the issues that racism, uh, the impact of racism on mental health, we're not gonna be able to do that in one podcast. As we mentioned before out there, you know, we are two more people having a conversation about such an important topic that weren't having it yesterday. So the yeah. more voices that are being shared and the more voices that are being heard on, on this topic, um, the better. And whilst you said, you know, you are just one small part, um, you're still an incredibly important part and uh, you're you playing a part, you know, in, in a really good way. So thank you so much for that. So I've got, you know, a couple of talking points and and as you will know from listening to, to the podcast and stuff before as well, just go a bit all over the place and, you know, wherever the mood takes us. But I guess one of the, the first things that I want to um, touch on, I, if you're comfortable, is kind of the, the challenges that you've been faced with because of your race, because of your ethnicity, you you know, you're a person of colour. What what have you had to deal with, you know, from on a daily basis or throughout your life, if 
you're comfortable sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the the biggest things for myself um, that I see people experience and that I see as one of the biggest challenges is institutionalised racism. Um, and that's obviously when an organisation is treating someone differently um, or unfairly as a result of their race. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the organisation is actively doing something um to that person because of their race, but it could also be removing opportunities or not giving them people opportunities. I also feel that it could be not encouraging individuals to take up opportunities. So as a person of color then in in an organization, I don't see a lot of people who look like me in senior positions. I think I'm currently the only one. and then there's definitely not many of us um, to the point where a colleague of mine, you know, sent me a card once saying they were leaving. They said they said thank you for being that person that they could look up to that was also mixed race. Um, and they felt that having someone in that leadership position uh, was something that, you know, encouraged them to, to, to feel like they could also get in that position one day. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is something that I'm very aware of. Um, I'm very aware of it when I walk into a room that I might be the only person of colour in that room. Um, and therefore that might come with people having particular thoughts of my, I don't know, stereotype or yeah. making assumptions about my culture or how I might act. Um, and you become very aware of that when you're in that space, which I think is is quite sad. Yeah, um, you, yeah. Because you should just be able to be yourself and that be enough, essentially. Um, with that then comes that, you know, that stereotypical assumption that people make about someone because of their race. And I think that's a challenge that that people face is that sometimes if they're speaking up about something that they feel passionate about, they feel that they're going to be judged um, because of their race. Um, and I think that makes it really difficult. That's a lot there. That's a Sorry. lot. No, gosh, don't apologise. No, no. And one thing I was going to say as well, don't feel like, so at any point, if challenge me at any point, because yeah. I feel a bit silly being here, you know, on the other side, um, as I guess for, and I felt like this in, in other podcasts as well, you know, cis, white, female, I've, I am aware I have a lot more privilege and, and I, and I get that, you know, it's, and I guess it's that again, institutionalized privilege that is kind of born upon it and challenge me at any point or shut yeah. me down if I need to be <laughs> shut down. That is absolutely fine. Cause I'm aware I might not be the right host here for this. Um, but, but you also might be the right host. I think it's really important yeah. that people ask questions yeah. and people take time to understand. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of there's been a lot of things thrown around in the past year. Yeah. Um, comments made about people or comments made about races, um, things like all lives matter, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think what's really important is that, you know, people are wanting to be educated on these, yeah. these issues, wanting to understand and wanting to learn more regardless of what their race is. Yeah. Um, so whether, you know, it's yourself or um, someone who does fall in, in, you know, as an ethnic minority fall in that, that section. Um, I think it's really important that everyone learns more about everybody's races and what they're going through. Absolutely. And I, on that, so do you remember a few years ago? So obviously we both work at Health Shored and have done for a number of years. Yes. Um, so we started the book club, um, the Health Shored yeah. book club. And and I remember being absolutely 
petrified because we started it with why I, I why I no longer talk to white people about race. Do you yeah. remember? And that I was like the that book. Yeah. It, it was amazing <laughs> book, and it like blew my head off, and yeah. for the, the the absolutely you know all the right reasons. But I was I remember being absolutely terrified in that first book club session, like oh my god, it's like. And and it was silent in the book club, you know, session for yeah. for, for the first few minutes. And um, the person that hosted at the time, luckily, had a set of talking points and questions. But you could tell people were really, really nervous about answering any of these questions. Turned out as well that literally the majority of the people that turned up were white people. Well, uh, um, on that, I saw that that was the first book and I thought, I love a book club. I, I've always wanted to go to a book club. I'm not going to that book club because I don't want to be the only person there who's, <laughs> who's an ethnic minority who's answering all the questions yeah. for everybody. Um, so I really didn't want to be in that position. No. And I would have been in that position where people go, oh, wow, Indigo, tell us about your experience. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just trying to come to book club, guys. Um, yeah. So I really didn't want to be in that it position. Was such, it's such a, I mean, a fantastic book. Up, but it's a really difficult one to launch an internal book club yes. on and I remember some colleagues of mine that absolutely were like I'm gonna I'm not I can't I've, I've signed up but I'm not going I can't go to this first one like who am I to go to this first one and even I was like I can't do this but then who am I if I don't go to it you know yeah I'm yeah. a you know a, a person that some people might look up to being in, in a management role. Like, I don't know. I need, yeah. do I need to keep face and go? It was a really confusing time, but I know that some people were like, I, I, this, I can't do this because I'm going to make a fool of myself or I'm going to offend people or what have you. Um, but as things went on, you know, the, people got a little bit more comfortable in those sessions and um, we chose books that were more taboo in that way that it was, uncomfortable we like almost like a painful experience for people to force themselves out of that sexuality yeah. disabilities um gender race you know so it, it, it was great with that but that is a hard-hitting book to go first with, with with when we hadn't really addressed race as a culture you know organization in and out and I imagine that goes without saying in thousands of companies and organizations and institutions and things like that education settings and um private sector even charities and, and not-for-profits I bet it's the same there and it's it's how do you initiate those com initiate that into the culture and make it and it's some conversations I'm uncomfortable conversations yeah. and they are uncomfortable yeah um good yeah yeah <laughs> I want people's uh to feel child, I want people to feel challenged. Yeah. I want their unconscious bias to feel challenged. Yes. Yeah. I want them to feel uncomfortable when they have them conversations yeah. so that they get comfortable. If you're uncomfortable yeah, with something, yeah. the way you get comfortable is putting yourself in this position. This podcast, for example. Yeah. Very uncomfortable sitting yes. in front of cameras talking about something like this. Um, however, unless you do that and have the conversation, how you understand what that means, what people are experiencing or what it might be like next time for a podcast, for example. Yeah. Um, so people should, if they're uncomfortable, do it. Go to that. Yeah. Learn more. Ask some questions. You might feel like your questions are ignorant. Yeah. You'll learn some more. You'll go to the next event or the next situation in which you can learn more about the situation. And then eventually you you might run out of questions yeah. or you might get more complex questions, but yeah. ultimately you're going to get more understanding. Yeah. And then people who, uh, you know, look like me, don't look like me, different races across the whole world, 
um, goal is, isn't it, for everyone to feel understood, yeah, yeah, respected yeah. and treated fairly. Yeah. Um, and that's, that can only happen when people have them uncomfortable conversations or people who don't fall within their cultures take time to understand yeah. what it means for them. Yeah. So that's, so all these organisations, all these places, the school setting, work setting, even, I don't know, social setting of some kind, maybe part of a sports club or something like that together, yeah. whatever. If you're nervous and don't know how to start bringing awareness and breaking that stigma because you're worried it's going to be too uncomfortable, rip that plaster off and just make it uncomfortable and yeah. everyone go through that pain. It's like... It's not like I'm trying, it's not the same as, but similar to an awkward or uncomfortable situation that you are yourself putting, like you said, the podcasts and things like that. Um, do you remember years ago when we first started working at Health Assured? And you'll remember this even being a bigger thing. You know, why do you want to work at Health Assured? Break the stigma of mental health in the workplace. Like that stigma has been and gone, but there's other things. And I spoke about in a financial one. People still won't talk about finances, don't talk about religion struggle with sexuality and certainly will not talk about race. Yeah. So mental health, I mean, people would rather talk about that. And then specifically uh, women's mental health. They want yeah. to talk about men's mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bunch of things that are uh, taboo. Then. Taboo, yeah. yeah. Off topic, uncomfortable, yeah. we don't like it. It's easier to stay in our lane. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it could it could be companies just trying small things because yeah. all small things add up. But I do think that they do find it scary and people find it scary to take that first step. But I think you just have to, whatever yeah. that step looks like. Uh, I think it's really important to just start. Yeah. I've got lo loads of things running through my brain, <laughs> right? So it just ended up being silent. Um, I think I was just thinking then about, you know, if there was... I mean, we're obviously here to talk about you as well, but just something, you know, for any anyone that's kind of struggling as well to get some kind of conversation and movement going. I do think something like that book club, for example, that 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 we did at Health Assured, it was during um we were coming out of lockdown, I think, weren't we? Because then it was all so we did everything via Zoom. I remember that we were doing it by video calls. So it was really good for that. But um if you are worried about something like why I no longer talk to white people about race, because it's nonfiction, you might want to just get people back into the habit of reading. Because people go to book clubs as well because they want to get back into reading. You know, maybe yeah. they love reading, they've just lost their passion for it. Go with a fiction option first. Then the next month you can go into the nonfiction and go into um, why I no longer talk to white people. So something like, so one of my favorite books was Black Flamingo. And it's just something I've just remembered there. And I read it twice. Really easy to get into. I think it was like a... Um, What's it after like the, the like the teen, like a young adult? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, YA book. And like a coming of age. Yeah, book, yeah, yeah. And it was um young person, uh, young person of colour and also queer as well, and got into a drag scene and was all it was yeah. also the challenges of being, I believe it was mixed race. They were mixed race, and then um coming out as well. It was just but it was great. It was a really um digestible and easily receive like receive book as well so you can just yeah. throw yourself into it really great aesthetics and it was broken there was like pictures on it it reminded me of you remember like Jacqueline Wilson books oh yeah yeah yeah. so you yeah. just smash them out really quickly um so that's a really good one a really good way to spark conversation and then that'll make people a little more comfortable yet they're still going to be you know understandably uncomfortable discussing something like you know Vini Edo uh 
why I'm no longer taught to white people. So that's, I think, something like a book club, like that is a really good starting point. Yeah, absolutely. I think like allied networks still internally. I they think, absolutely do work. I yeah. think giving people a space where they can talk about what the issues are that they face, whether it be in, in work or outside of work, and then they can talk about, um, you know, things that they want to change. But it, what's important if you do have a group of people that... Um, ours is called undivided so the group yeah. of people that represent you know equality and diversity in the workplace you need to make sure that you can't just make the group it has yeah. to be a herd group yes yeah. um as in you know give them a give them a, a, a place to speak, yeah. you know, whether that be directly to the CEO yeah. or directly to the, whoever that person is that can make yeah. actual real change. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all good and well saying, right, we've got that group over there. Fantastic. We don't yeah. need to do anything else. Um, but create the group and then give them that real opportunity to make some change. Yeah. And that's what I think it's easy to, need to do. It's easy to create the group. Everyone chomps at the bit for it, you know. Oh, I'll be part of this. I'll yeah. be part of this. I'm part of it, you know. You know, as part of that. But it's sometimes what what do we want to do with this group? How do we want to make the best out of this? And to be honest, I do try and keep away from it as well because I want it to be colleague driven. I want yeah. it to be, you know, driven by everyone and not, you know, stuffy management pen pusher like it. Yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah. So <laughs> I just keep keep away from it. And you know, if they want some money for something, then I'll then I'm like, I'll sort that. You know, yeah. that's fine. But leave everyone to do to do, you know, what they want to do. But yeah, it's harnessing that and making sure that that there is an outcome of some kind. Or even if you've got an objective, it might take three years to, to reach it or whatever, but have you got measurable kind of milestones yeah. that you want to achieve along alongside that? And there's loads of guidance for that, you know, online. If you've got one you're looking through for, you know, sexuality, for example, I know Stonewall do, you know, workshops, there's just workshops are plenty on how to get the best out of those um, internal networks yeah. for the underrepresented individuals. And you don't have to be, part of that minority group to still be an ally and make change within that. And I think that's really important as well, but it needs to be a, a safe and welcoming place for those minorities to come and be part of. It's not being just driven by the ally. Like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And um, I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, and companies encouraging that. And then also it's not for the group on its own to try and accomplish everything there. It's for the companies to support that happening. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so I think it's done. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'd joke. I should have just ignored that and kind of I'm gonna have a drink because I'll just come to it. So I think it's really Do you want important that bit for company. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important for companies to ensure that the groups are achieving what they're able to achieve. Yeah. Bringing back to institutionalized racism, it's not just I say just, it's not just the colour of people's skin that is affecting how they're treated it's also this sounds it might sound some silly to some people but it's also like their hair yeah or the way they choose to look yeah. um one of the things that i have experienced i used to have as you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. really really long afro giant hair yeah <laughs> loved my hair shaved it all off um <laughs> wildest day of my life walking yes. into that <laughs> every day well every day not every day sorry every time i used to go to an interview i'd turn my hair back yeah. Um, because people look at me differently when I've yeah. got big hair, um, or when, I, or when I, I'm dressed like that, or you know I choose to wear my hair like that, and it's about taking up less space. 
I think that's what it felt like for me. Like really? I need to come in here and I need to take up less space. I need to be, uh, you know, less less boisterous. I need to be, I need to fit. Um, and and I, I definitely feel, I d that's not why I shaved my hair. I was going to say, <laughs> oh my God. That's not why I shaved my hair. Um, but um, I definitely felt like that. And then once I started at Health Assured, obviously you don't know the company, do you? Once I started yeah, at Health Assured, yeah. I felt very welcome. I always had my hair out and as big as I could get it. Um, and I've always felt very welcome there to, yeah. to you know, dress or wear my hair anyway that that I want to wear. Um, you know, once I've wore a, a headscarf to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I wanted to wear a headscarf because sometimes I wear that, really bright ones in, in my personal life. Um, but it's things like that as well. It's, it's um, you know, there's there's people then, if we're talking about other races, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, Pakistanis and, and other um, races that do wear headscarves scarves yeah. and they feel very aware that yeah. that they're wearing a headscarf when they go to an interview or go to a meeting or wonder how people are going to look at them so yeah. it's also you know that within within the workspace that I think some people just don't even consider and you just go to work you don't really think about yeah, it yeah. but actually it is on people's minds um and, and it's definitely affected me in the past yeah and if you think about that as well like it, you know going to work uh wearing whatever it is they, they wear as per, you know, culture, you know, yeah. how that, you know, as aligned with the culture or religion or, or whatever, um, that is going to be, if we actually link this back in with things like a men mental health and emotional well-being as well, from the moment that they have their first screen, like video screening or an interview in that business, they are probably, that's going to be there constantly. What do they think about me? Um they'll throw them off, they'll put them off their game, you know, however it is that they want to articulate themselves as a talented, skilled individual. I imagine that's, con you know, constantly at the back of their mind is they're being judged for X, Y, Z, or um, unconscious bias is going to start playing, you know, it coming into play or or whatever that might mean. So it's, yeah, and, and I can't even imagine that, that toll. I mean, Sometimes this isn't, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, what I'm trying to do is put things into scale. Like at my head goes to really extreme places because I am a young female. I'm like, who's going to take me seriously? Who's going to take me seriously in, you know, the, the working world? So I cannot imagine then being a young female, young male, young, um, you know, individual of any kind, you know, that then is an ethnic minority or has a disability. I'm kind of thinking about all different, you know, minorities here as well, having that on top of, yeah, it's just that pressure. Like I'm already spiraling just thinking about that for, for them. <laughs> it's and, like another thing to consider yeah. before, before you go. And I feel like when you walk into them rooms, you know, you are, you're always putting your best self forward mm. in an interview, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we get jobs. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you're also... I'm I'm also and I was putting a false self forward, so yeah. I didn't feel like myself um, because I, I'm essentially hiding this big part of me um, that just I don't know made me feel really happy, yeah. um, and I was just trying to go in and, and be like a different person, um, and I I don't like that, and I didn't like that, so that's why I was so happy when I did you know when I actually started at Health Assured, um, and everyone was absolutely lovely. Um, but I remember um, at my previous job when I remember someone saying to me like, "Oh, your hair's really big," and my first response was, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, um, to brush I'm it out sorry. Um, I don't know why I'm apologising for my hair, but <laughs> that that was that used to be my first response was, "Oh, I'm sorry." 
and it wasn't that they were saying, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but it wasn't Ugh, a compliment. <laughs> it wasn't a compliment either. It was more of just an exclamation. Did you know that your hair is really, <laughs> really big? big. <laughs> is, is it? All right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but something that was interesting, what I was talking to my partner about this morning was. Yes, I shaved my hair for a different reason, just because I thought it'd be fun. However, ever since I've shaved my hair, no one has touched my hair. And it's I was such gonna a relief to, that. Yeah. to not be touched by strangers, which is a horrible thing to say. But it, it, it's, it's, it's horrible that you have to say yeah, that. I, yeah, I mean, I remember being on the bus once and someone behind me just stroking my hair. And I said, I said, so, like, sorry, <laughs> what are you doing? And they're like, you have really nice hair. I said, please, can you not touch my hair? Turned back around, carried on doing it, and I had to move. And they carried I, on? They carried on stroking my hair, uh, which is absolutely baffling. People put, like, the whole hands in my hair before <gasps> to feel all my hair. This is just, like, people walking Imagine past. Imagine if you turned around and you say you didn't know me. You just did that to I me. I was just stroking your hair. Just, like, on the bus, <laughs> I was just stroking your hair. A stranger you've never met before. Um, and it, a lot of times it's like it's men, women, young, old, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, they would just touch your hair, which is absolutely bizarre. Cause I can't imagine just, I can't imagine touching someone anywhere and then them <laughs> saying, please don't, don't do that. And then me going, I'm just going to carry on. Um, which is, it's absolutely baffling to me. So that's one of the things I do not miss about having long hair. And everyone seems to have an, just staying on the hair subject, but everyone seems to have an opinion. So, um, I could do what I want with my hair. But when I cut my hair, they were like, why have you done that? You know, you look so much better with curls. It was more fitting for you. I don't know what that means. People said it was really? More fitting, yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, but um, it, it's just a really bizarre situation uh, that, that you go through. And is this in all aspects as well, not just from, not just from a work perspective? Oh, do you yeah, get it? yeah, no, all aspects. Strangers. Um, it's, so it, uh, the guy at my local co-op made a comment about the fact that I'd cut my hair and he was like oh you look odd um I mean I don't know what that means (laughs) again it's just it's it's so bizarre people having so much opinions about something that doesn't belong to them and then feeling like they can touch something that doesn't belong to them (sighs) is is a really bizarre situation um and I, I yeah I've I've experienced it all my life and it just it got worse and worse as you as I got older and then I've just, I've not had it since I cut my hair. It's been the best thing. <laughs> you can kind of see it. Like, I bet, so as a as a little girl, as a child, did you have your afro, afro then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of, not that it is acceptable at all, but cute little kids, like, oh, look, look, hair in bunches or braids yeah. or however it is that you decide to wear or out. Um, it, it is not acceptable at all, but you can imagine the cooing over that. Oh, look, yeah, 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 cute. Yeah. But then that carrying on, you are a grown yeah. woman. Yeah. You- <laughs> as, a, as a 30-year-old going to work and then a stranger just being like, oh, let, me just, let me just stroke your hair. I've never felt curly hair before. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really bizarre. That That's outrageous. On just uh, It's made me think about something you said towards the start. Um more about your kind of your experience just before I forget it it was around you know like walk walking going into places into rooms and stuff like that and being being aware that you are that you are definitely you know a minority in that situation you know um at least visibly I guess you know visibly a minority do you feel that or do you experience that in again all 
aspects, you know, whether social groups, um, you know, friends and family and stuff like that. Do you feel that? Yeah. Um, So at work um, a lot. Um, I feel that a lot. Um, Weddings. So uh, one of my best friends from work, when they got married, I was the only person there. Um, At a whole wedding. I think it was like 200 people. It was a big wedding. (laughs) I was like, how? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Come on, we're from Manchester. (laughs) Very diverse. not so much in my friend group. So my fr- my friends, um, the ones that I'm closest to, yeah, uh, the two that I'm closest to are both black. Yeah. So not in my friends group, and then my partner is mixed race as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So not so much in my my individual friend groups, um. But definitely, if I go to like a friend, like a, a white friend's event, yeah, I'll definitely yeah, yeah. be the only person who is a minority there, and then definitely at work. Um. And then also just at general events, which was weird. I went to the Manchester Arena once to watch a show, and I was. I swear I looked around and I was yeah. the only person that I could see. Um, that, that was a minority, which was really bizarre. I've not had that before either. Uh, but that that does feel... I feel like I've become a bit more aware of what I'm doing yeah. and what I'm saying and how I'm acting. Um, not that I act out or in any way, yeah. but I, I kind of don't want the attention, if that makes yeah. sense. You don't want the I kind of just leave you alone here in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. You are like that anyway. I mean, I know you, I think, yeah. relatively well, especially from a work work capacity. I know that you like to ju- not keep yourself to yourself, but you are like, I'll let me crack on and get on with this work and I'll do a really good job of it, but just let me just do it. Just let me do it. Yeah. 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 And you kind of just then blend into, yeah. you know, that, that <laughs> gif of Homer Simpson just going into yeah, that's the, me. the hedges. <laughs> You're like, right, here's everything. I'm going to do it. Just just let me let me just go and do that now you don't want any attention yeah on you no. yeah whereas for my family actually I'm really loud and I really like attention and I don't I don't think I, I, I don't know if um that's just the comfortableness of my family yeah um and you've but got I do 30 odd years to feel safe with there's them, no threat yeah. there. absolutely um and then at work I just if I if I am the only person who's a minority in the room yeah. I am just very aware yeah um and I will be quieter I mean, it's sad. It's sad. That's just, <laughs> and you know, well, you know, as well. Yes, you've worked there for a long time, um, but again, real in in the reality of it, you've not worked with every single person there for a very long time to build no. up that trust, yeah. for, to not see people as an immediate threat. And I assume, you know, you're always on guard, especially when there's new people, new groups of people, new cohorts of people, whatever that you're introduced to or then have to work alongside. Maybe like basic instinct is to is there's protect a, there's a yourself. fear and a worry so the fear yeah. is that um someone's gonna ask me something yeah. that they don't understand about something or yeah. someone's gonna make some sort of comment um that I'm gonna be offended by because everyone should be yeah and then I'm gonna be the only one that's upset about it and then yeah. everyone's gonna think that I'm making a big deal about something that's what I worry about yeah um especially like in a group of people I don't know that doesn't really know me very well mm-hmm. um for example, we went on the leadership trip recently and I took a silk pillowcase with me because it protects my curls. And I was so worried that someone was going to ask me why I've bought my own pillowcase. 
and I just really didn't want them to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I ended up sharing a, a room with two of the girls from work that I know really well. And I was like, oh, I'm really glad that I'm sharing the room with, yeah, with both of you. Yeah. None of them ethnic minorities, but I just know them really well. I was like, because I've got my silk pillowcase and they were just baffled that I would have to worry about that. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I just don't want the questions or yeah. the like, why are you so different? I, I just don't want to have to answer that question. And yeah. I just, I'm just like, go and learn. Yeah, <laughs> Stop yeah, asking yeah. me. I'm not your spokesperson. And this is, it shouldn't be, and, it, and it's kind of, oh, what's the right word? It's not serendipity. I can't remember what it is. But so we're here and you're here joining me to talk about things to hopefully at least help one person, whether that is someone that is a minority, ethnic minority themselves that's struggling, or perhaps someone that is not an ethnic minority take something away from this. But at the same yeah. time, it is not your job to also educate ignorant uneducated yeah. um white people basically you know yeah. that that's not your job but it's and it's and it's a difficult one it's like quite conflicting because it shouldn't be up to you but I'm really glad that you are here yeah today I'm to, really to happy to be here and talk yeah. about and uh, this situation especially with someone like yourself because I know that you take time to understand um people's different cultures or the things that they might have gone through and that's why this is a comfortable conversation yeah, yeah. whereas like some people don't take the time to do that and that's and I don't feel like I should have to explain myself no. um to, to anyone like that so that's why this is this is a nice situation to yeah be, to be able to talk to someone who understands good Going back, let me just cross at least one more of a talking point off. Okay, yeah, We have gone in a much better direction than I'd hoped anyway. <laughs> um, but what, um, so if we talk about, so title of this episode is Racism and Mental Health. Again, we're not going to be, I'm literally going to be asking for about two minutes worth of coverage on this, on that, that point as a whole, because it's really... I don't want to do it an injustice either. And yeah. let's like cover everything to do with mental health and racism. But what would you, what has worked for you or might be, you know, like work in progress for you is something that we, mental health kind of to provide context for everyone, you know, we've touched on it before in, in, ses in ep sessions, episodes, but you may have one way of doing things and then there comes a point where that isn't the right way of dealing with it for you, anyone that suits your circumstances and who yeah. you are as a person anymore. So constant evolve and adapt to what helps you as an individual. But what is currently or has been some approaches for you working on your mental health when it's associated with, you know, racism that you've experienced or that you're fearful of experiencing what's your plan of attack or so one, one of the things I do every day um which might sound a little bit strange to people that don't know of it um is I spoke to a counselor once about taking up space um so do you know what I just talked about when I go into a room and sometimes I'm worried about um, you know, being the only person who's a minority there and then, um, you know, taking up that space or someone asking me a question, I kind of want to go back. Um, and I do still feel that worry, but one of the things that I'm practicing is taking up space every day. So I get out of bed every day and I take up as much space as I can. Um, so I stand like really big um, and I blast my music and I take up as much space as I can and just some deep breaths and just remind myself that I'm allowed to take up space um, in any way that I'm taking up that space, whether that be um, you know, just me as a woman, me as a mixed race woman, I'm allowed to take up space and I'm allowed to have an opinion and that's my right. And it's, and, and it makes me feel strong in the morning. Yeah. And so I do that every morning. I'm sure my partner hates me for music sometimes, but uh -huh. I do, I do that uh, really regularly and I, um, 
I think that that helps me. Um, one of the things that I think is really important is speaking about how, whatever it is that you've experienced. So I think a lot of people don't and they think, think that it's normal. Yeah. That, like, you know, it becomes the norm for you to be stared at yeah. um, or for a comment to be made. So then you just move on with your day. But actually, you know, all them them little things, well, I say little, that are, that are building up actually take a toll and I think it's really important to speak to someone who maybe has experienced the same as you or hasn't experienced it but understands what that feels like or how that might affect you because letting that off off your chest and and giving yourself that space and that right to talk through something you know gives you the opportunity to recognize that um it's not normal um and also that you have a right to not feel like you're being questioned or attacked every single day by anyone who's making comments. So it can be really helpful to, you know, if something happens, even if you're just talking to your partner and just saying, you know, this happens and it was really bizarre that someone said this on the way to work, on the yeah. way home or whatever, um, or talking to your manager. I talk to you a lot yeah. um, and I find it really valuable to be able to talk to, to you at work. And then also just making sure that you're accessing any specialist support that you need, you know, depending on what you've experienced, it might be that you need a quick chat or it might be that actually you need to delve into something deeper because yeah. it's triggered something for you and not pushing that trigger aside. You, you know, everyone's triggered by things. It doesn't, it, it doesn't lessen you, lessen you as a person. It doesn't make you not strong if you feel triggered it's still just as important to get support for that. Um, even if it didn't feel, I think we're really good at brushing things off as, you know, not okay. important. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if one goes through that. But if it's triggered you and you're upset, then please just access support for it. And that's what I do. I try and get the support as quickly as I can because yeah. I feel like the quicker you act upon it, the less you've dwelled on it. Um, and then the, the the quicker you can let it out, let it go. Like all the anger, because I feel really angry when people um act like that towards me or yeah. acted appropriately and I just want to um be able to let it go and tell someone else about it yeah. so they can go oh that's crazy actually you know that's not normal people can't say that or that is rude and kind of feel validated in the way that I'm feeling so I'd hope that everybody else would be able to do that as well whether it be picking up the phone speak to a friend manager whatever it yeah. is um write it down Oh, I'd love writing things down. <laughs> Write it down, get it you, off your you chest. Stationary queen as well. <laughs> yeah. Just get it off your chest, let it all out. Yeah. Um, you know, put it on that page and get it and get it away from you because you you deserve to feel good. Um, and I hate for anyone to make anyone feel bad. What's um on the writing things down, something that I learned just from my counsellor was um I don't know if we're allowed to, I've sworn a few times on here, but like you've got your things like your gratitude journal, but then you've got your shit list as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Your shit list book and then all the, what feels poisonous, those things, the- Negative thoughts. The negative, yeah. Yeah. That's in a set, don't taint your beautiful, gorgeous gratitude journal with that. Have it as your shit list that you can- yeah. maybe one day you might just want to burn it or something who knows like whatever works for you <laughs> or you know you might just keep it that you know what whatever but that's that's something that oh that's that but that negativity needs to come out of you in some way and then one of those things it, you might not be comfortable yet verbalizing that with someone and articulating it yeah and that, it. that's the thing as well you have to verbalize the right person yeah and um, that has to be a person that you're safe with yeah um counselors are always your best bet because yeah. Um, they love helping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our counsellors are amazing. Yeah. Um, and I hope that everyone's got that friend or someone that they could talk to um, at, at least. But then obviously we've, they've got the AP and they can access that support. Yeah. Um, but if, if you 
if you need to, I, I hope that everyone can find someone to talk to and that that's a safe person, that they're going to understand them and not dismiss how they're feeling yeah. because that would make it worse for them as well. And I think if you experience things and then someone's dismissing them, I think that's what makes um, you, you know, your mental health deteriorate as well um, because you've experienced something which you thought was was really bad or a negative experience and then someone's kind of validated well, so sorry, someone's said that you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, so you think that you're silly or, or you know, that was, you, sh you should be stronger than that. And then it'll happen again and you won't talk about it. It'll build up over time. And then over time, it will make you a shell of yourself. You know, you, you won't be your true self. You won't speak out or feel like you can just be yourself without questioning everything yeah. that you're doing. It, it damages your self-esteem. For again, before I forget about it and before we do wrap up, it's something that's really important what you've just said there. It's for like anyone that's in a position where they're the person that someone's gone to to say that this is, you know, you've come to me. One of the most important things that you need to not do is, is not try and placate them by going, and I've done it before, may have done it with yourself as well. Like, gosh, don't be deaf. No one thought that, or, you know, no one, no yeah. one said that. No one thinks that indigo instead accept that that's how they're feeling and that's yeah. how someone has perceived something and advise them that you are there, you're listening. Yeah. You're you know, you're not, you don't you're not necessarily going to feed into whatever narrative, whether that's the complete opposite or, or whatever you're hearing them and you're there to listen. And once you might not have the specialist advice, that person's trusted you enough to come to you with their worries, Absolutely. their doubts, their thoughts. Um, so don't try and brush it off to make them feel better and dismiss what may or may not have happened because just as you said, that is going to feed into doubt, self-doubt and self-esteem issues. And am I making this up? Why does no one believe me? I honestly think so, some people brush things off because it's easier. Yes, and it's uncomfortable for them. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Have that uncomfortable conversation again. I think make sure that you're creating a safe space for people yeah. and understanding how they feel, like you said. Um, because although it is uncomfortable and we'd like to think that, um, you know, nobody is racist and... and uh, that would be lovely. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'd like to think that. And we'd like to think that everybody that we work with has good intentions. You know, it doesn't have that unconscious bias, would never say that, would never think that. But actually, everyone is just another human being and yeah. they, we're all capable of them yeah. thoughts, feelings and them actions. So if someone who, you know, is struggling, has had a racial slur thrown at them or has had something happen, then you need to give the person that space to speak about that. Yeah. I, just want to say as well, it doesn't matter how big or small the issue is that the person's coming with. I think we've all got, uh, I mean, I could tell you a million stories, um, but I think we've all got stories that we think, oh, this is really shocking. Um, you know, um, I, I think I told you this, but my partner's mixed race as well. And we were both walking to work one day and uh, a man who was white stopped us and congratulated us for sticking to oh, our I own kind, that. which is absolutely baffling. Um, he was like, well done, well done for sticking to your own kind on the way to work. Absolutely baffling. Um, you know, there's extreme stories like that. And then there's there's smaller things Just... where, um, you know, you, a person might say, you know, someone like you, wouldn't understand this and and that and then you, you start to think is that is that 
me? Is that, am I imagining <laughs> that, that that's what that person meant? And that can make you really question that. And I think, you know, as a manager, as a, as a colleague, you know, someone is coming to you, you know, it doesn't need to be the extreme them extremes do happen but if they're telling you about something that's small that has happened to them you still need to take that seriously and give them that space because them things that happen over time if they're not addressed becomes the big thing yeah. and I think that we just really need to make sure that we get that right as as friends colleagues and organizations yeah. oh, I feel like that's a really <laughs> <laughs> stop me in my tracks there um <laughs> That was, I don't really know what else to say about off to the back of that because you literally, you literally ended that on such a, you know, like a mic drop, what a beautiful mic drop <laughs> of a moment. Um, I think there's a lot. Um, I think anyone that listens to this or watches this will take away at the very least how to be, how to support someone else, how to listen and just accept the feelings of someone that is experiencing yeah or has experienced racism. That I mean, I've walked away with tons from this and, and we talk every single day. Yeah. And <laughs> I've just learned a little bit more in that space of 30, 45 minutes and just to be a better person and a leader as well. So anyone that's listening in that kind of position as well. Um, so thank you. This has been, yeah, I'm a, bit, a little bit choked up. I'm really proud of you as well for going. <laughs> I know that this has pushed you outside your comfort zone. Yes, um, it has, yeah. just generally speaking let alone with you know talking about such an important topic I could have got you on to talk about spreadsheets with me I think you would have been nervous oh, well, spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you still would have been nervous in this kind of setting but yeah, yeah. you know you just you know really really important piece there and that's absolutely fantastic uh before I sign us off is there anything else that you want to add Indy or oh um, I'm trying to remember if I went through all of the things I wanted to talk about. It's hard to remember, to be honest. Literally, I think we've covered <laughs> so much and more. Looking at Bruna for, yeah, yeah all happy. We got the thumbs up there. Um, but um, the only thing, I'll, last oh. thing I'll say, sorry, I just <laughs> you know, thought of an idea. Go for it. Organisations out there. Um, is maybe just take some time to just, um, you know, celebrate other people's culture and take time to acknowledge that other people have different cultures and... Um, I, the only reason I thought about it then is because uh, I made some like Jamaican dumplings recently. Delicious, by the way, I'll bring you some. Um, <laughs> and um, someone said to me, um, sorry, I only eat normal food. That, that's, uh, oh, God. That's weird food. <laughs> um, so it's not weird food, it's, it's Jamaican food. Um, but it's just, it's just things like that. Like there's no, there's no normal food. All food is normal okay. food, um, because food is food. That's full stop. Um, so I think if companies maybe, or, you know, the groups could take more time to, I'm not saying they're not doing that, but just take some time to try and create awareness around culture as well yeah. as race, because culture and race kind of go hand in hand. There is that lack of understanding of people's races and the struggles that they've been through. Um, and everyone's struggle has been different. And, and, you know, some people's have been much worse than others, but then also the culture alongside that, you know, assuming that people eat particular things or assuming that someone's food is weird because it's not, I don't know, English food, for example. Um, and most English people eat Italian food anyway. I was going to say, <laughs> or chicken tikka masala. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think we just shouldn't label other people's food or culture as weird. Yeah. And if you don't understand right, what the normal. food is or what their culture is, 
the the words to use are you know it's sorry not not sorry what's that food I don't eat word food but it's um, you know what ingredients have you used in this can you tell me about how you made it so I can learn more about what it is and yeah. you know I, oh actually I don't I don't like I don't know tomatoes and you put tomato in it that's absolutely fine but let's not label over people's food as weird I know that when I brought so I did bring my Jamaican dumplings in um, for two people at work. Um, I know that I was very aware. I was I was worried that they might say something to yeah. me. Someone else did. Um, but <laughs> that I didn't bring them in for. But I was worried that they might say something or think I'm weird or 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 think that my food is weird or or think that I eat weird things and I'm at home making all these weird things and I'm just making normal food. Um, and it, you, I was just very aware all day that I had Jamaican yeah. food with me and I try not to bring Jamaican food to work with me. Or my partner's from Barbados, so he eats Bayesian food. I try not to bring Bayesian food with me in case someone thinks, what is she eating? Um, which is, I don't want anyone to feel self-conscious about. And I just yeah. think that if we could create more awareness around culture as well as yeah. race, you know, that that would make it, I think that would make a fundamental difference to how people feel in the workplace. I think people would feel more comfortable that's something that we should do back when we get back to work Not we could have today. like well, a, a food festival yeah. friday oh my god um in which we celebrate a particular culture um like I don't, let's do jamaican for example we'll have like a jamaican festival on a friday and we'll have like loads of jamaican food and then we could just and then and then i don't know i'm throwing i'm throwing ideas at you for now for work but like what if we had like it's like the origin of the food and where it came from yes. and, do you know what i mean and but then we then, could just learn more so say for example so hopefully people that listen to this might get some idea of how to adapt this to their organizational structure but so our different teams so you could have clinical support you're in charge of dessert so you've got to go yeah. away and you've got to bring five dessert dishes and you've got to tell us all about them when you come in. It's almost like, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that people did in primary school. People need to be reminded. You know when people yeah. do projects? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love doing projects. And people, for, as soon as they leave year six, that's a awareness of researching and looking into things and learning everything that they can about a place or um, uh, a culture or a group of people. Whatever. Also, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. the, I love this idea. <laughs> oh my god! I would okay. also love this idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, well, let's make this happen. And anyone else that's listening or watching, definitely do it. <laughs> and send your pictures on there. <laughs> dress envelopes. Yeah. Dress envelopes. Stamp to dress envelopes. <laughs> what is it? Postcards. Yeah. Answer on a postcard, please. Um. Oh yeah. Tag us on Instagram. Tag us on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the easiest way. Um. Okay. I think that's it. Like I said, I can talk to you. For yeah, hours and hours literally. about everything that I've been through or how people have been affected and how I've been affected and how our partner's been affected. My niece is Pakistani, well, half Pakistani. And so she's had like completely different experiences. Um, but it would be a very long podcast. Well, we can we can revisit this. Hint, hint, Bruno. We'll get more things on the list. <laughs> We've got about four years worth of content here. <laughs> all these episodes. We'll do racism for, for four I love months. it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Um, I just want to say a huge thank you. Again, I keep saying it. I'm really, really so happy, like delighted that you came and, and joined me for this. Thank you. For m so many reasons. And um, I really hope, and I'm very confident that people listening and watching will at least take one thing away from this. Even though that's to have a food festival at work, then you know what? Be kind to everyone. Be, yeah, be <laughs> kind to everyone. Um, okay, Brill. Thanks, Indigo. Thank you.